Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Listen to this podcast if you want to live. It's the Terminator on Normies Like Us. Come with me if you want to live. I hunt Terminators. It's okay, Mom. He's here to help. Have you seen this boy? What the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Chill out. What? It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Didn't you hear us up top, normies? This podcast can't be reasoned with. It won't stop. It will always be chasing you. And you will listen to it until it catches you. This is Normies Like Us talking the Terminator franchise. Uh, with your host, I guess I'm gonna be Colin Connor. Oh dang, I was uh, gonna be Mike Connor, but I'll be uh, I'll be Mike Grease. I was gonna be Jacob Connor because I couldn't think of oh, any other. We all, nobody so wanted to be. Nobody wanted to be the Jacob Nader, the Micah Nader. <laughs> oh no, yeah. No, no. Well, think about this: to... <laughs> Jacob Connor, J.C. John Connor, all right, James all right. Cameron. Oh, Jesus Christ. Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, no. We're already in a K-hole here, Normies. Uh, There's so many divergent timelines. We'll probably find be Connors. Yeah, so what's up? I come from... Mike, I've come from one possible future with a warning. This podcast episode is going to suck unless you listen to me. All the way to the end. And like and share on iTunes and thumbs up. It's the only way, listeners. (laughs) It's the only way. It's up to you. Stop Judgment Day. The, the only, only fate way. we have is the one we make. Yeah, our dark fate, our our the Jenny cease of this podcast, the salvation that is this episode. What <laughs> up, normies? We are talking the Terminator franchise. Um, we're host down. That's right. Joe has been sent to the future. We will. Uh, we it's will get him back. <laughs> He's been terminated. Um, yeah, we sent him back. It is Judgment Day. It's Judgment Day. Judge. Oh, nineteen ninety seven. I like that a lot. Wait, the one in 1997 or the one in 2017 or the one in 2008 or whatever? We're using smartphones. here to figure out. So, yeah, it has to be the future one. Um, but <laughs> Sega we're, we're talking Terminator, guys. We're going to break into everything. We're going to talk the movies. We're going to do what we do on Normies Like Us. We're going to do the niche. We're going to do the normie. What's the entry point? Where where did you stop watching these bad boys? But uh, we always do the question up top with you guys here. I just want to know your thoughts on time travel movies. What do you think about the Terminator franchise? Jacob, have you stuck it out with this series? Um, well, I did. Um, I mean, in the past week, I watched every movie in this franchise. In this franchise, other than Dark Fate, which I saw uh, with you, Colin, in theaters about uh, I want to say like nine months ago, pre-pandemic. Um, but yeah, I think this is um, overall. It's a franchise that I always enjoy. I always watch the new movie coming out, even if they're terrible, which sometimes they are, and we'll get to that. But I always have to see the new Terminator movie because I just like, I I like the origins of it. So it's it's fun to see what new spins they can bring to the franchise. I like that part. I think uh, saying that there's bad movies that might be blasphemy. But uh, let me ask <laughs> you, Mike. The same. Are these mm-hmm. movies coming to you in a fever dream like their creator? Are they reaching out from you to, to time and space to say, you got to see these movies? You know, we, we discuss often, like, is this the normiest thing? I think Terminator has gone the reverse. I think it went from being normie to now niche. And I think that's going to be interesting because I think the general public does not 
have a heavy investment in the Terminator universe, then again, something like the original and Judgment Day are a pretty high bar. But the time travel in these is so confusing and convoluted, it almost like yes. is the trope. Um, and, you know, the way that half the sequels kind of don't count anymore with Dark Fate, and we'll get into it. The time travel is very confusing, and I think I will be having fever dreams very soon, but <laughs> there are films that I really like in this series, and much like Jaws, films that I really dislike in this series. I'm happy you yeah, mentioned I have a- Jaws. Sorry, you know, it's our summer of fun, right? That's what we're mm-hmm. doing here. I was pretty surprised, Mike, you're saying these aren't in the cultural zeitgeist. I love these movies. Jacob recommended this for our continued blockbuster uh, epic That's discussion right. here. Mike, I think you're right in that whole starts out normie gets niche, but you're missing that in between, which is a little film we call Judgment Day, which is maybe the normiest film of all time. Yeah, amongst many others that we've covered on the show, but it's definitely a great and probably the best Terminator movie, in my opinion, not to jump the gun here. Yeah, I mean, I think most people would agree with you on that. Um, I think the reason I suggest this, because if you think about it, you know, we did Jaws. Obviously, Jaws was like the first true blockbuster. Then we did Indiana Jones, which was kind of the blockbusters of the 80s. Now we're doing, you know, Terminator, which started in the 80s, but really T2 was like the movie of the early 90s. Um, Mm -hmm. But I have to agree with Mike a little bit. I think... The public is not exactly clamoring for new Terminator movies in the year 2020, um, and yet they keep making them. But um, uh, if you notice, no. they keep rebooting every time because you know p- reception was not good. So we'll see what happens. You know, if there's a sequel to Dark Fate or what. But I just yeah, there's not a lot of uh, I don't think there's a lot of audience interest in these movies right now. Well, we're really interested in diving into this, but just before that, uh, Jacob, as you said, you watch them every time there's a new one coming out. You watch Dark Fate with Colin. Colin, have you been following these from start to finish, you know, ever since you were young and probably introduced the Terminator and then onward? I had a T2-themed birthday party. I think our age group, we were a little too young to see it in theaters. It was R-rated, Mike, so think. Kids wanted to go see T2. I could not see it in theaters. When we were growing up, a special edition came out where they added 17 minutes. It was a huge deal. I just remember Blockbuster picking it up and stuff and my dad theming a birthday party around it. I would say since then, I've seen every one of these films in theaters. Um, oh, wow. wow. I, love, I love what Jacob said. I love what he brings up us doing Jaws. You know, we did Spielberg. We did, we, we've done Star Wars a million times. We've done the George Lucas. We did Indiana Jones right. for Summer of Fun too, guys. I saw a comment online today where a guy said, if you asked me to point out any directors, I could point out Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Martin Scorsese. Those are the filmmakers. And I think, like, doing a movie like Terminator, it's something I love, and I really love James Cameron because it's the start of The Weirdos. He's inspired by John Carpenter. He's inspired by David Lynch. You know, you're getting, like, the weird 80s, like, gross guys after the big blockbuster dudes doing their thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about James Cameron, I think he's a little underrated. Everything he does, like he knows how to get the numbers, like he knows how to get people to watch his stuff. Titanic, huge record breaking movie at the time. Avatar, another huge record breaking movie. So Mm -hmm. it's like he doesn't miss in terms of um, popularity. Aliens was doing gang, Aliens anyway, was doing gangbusters and that was him as well. so. So he's had like an iconically huge blockbuster in like every decade for the past four decades. So I think he's a little underrated. Yeah, I would I would agree. And I think the series definitely peaks um, 
when James Cameron is involved, yeah, right? he's and got his fingers, diminishing returns. his robot fingers in that robot pie. I would agree with you there, Mike. I'm very happy that we're jumping on this franchise. Maybe we'll do Aliens down the road. Maybe that's a Halloween thing. But let's jump in right now and talk about some weird metal robots sent back in time to protect us or maybe terminate us. Let's talk about the Terminator. My chrono bubble is opening up. My naked body drops down before you. Um, blue lightning flashing. Blue, <laughs> blue emperor lightning. <laughs> Did you guys love when they used to just like draw lightning on celluloid? Rotoscoping. Yeah, Hell, yeah. Be Hell yeah. Um, we're here. We're in the present. I've been sent back in time, guys. We have to discuss the Terminator franchise right now. Uh, Let's talk about the past. Let's talk about the present. Again, what is your relationship to these movies? Have you watched them all? Mike, I know it was kind of a bit of a struggle to watch them all, maybe. Yeah, and, you know, up top, we kind of talked about our history. But for me, you know, I, I remember watching Terminator 2 first and, like, thinking that was really fun. Edward Furlong's a kid. I'm a kid, even though it wasn't a kid's movie. Later, I watched Terminator 1 and Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. I didn't watch anything until... The show. Like, after that, I never saw Salvation or Genesis or Dark Fate. Oh, wow. So th- these were all first viewings for me. And it, it was interesting because they were hard to watch. You did the Sarah Connor Chronicles, though? No, no. <laughs> I, I didn't. Oh, I watched that when it came out as well. Yeah. All right, oh, so wow. Jacob's really our, my our Sarah Jacob. Connor expert. But uh, <laughs> I thought it was interesting because I'm trying to watch them. And you figure, like, oh, they're all going to be on Netflix or something. But, like, the first one was for free on YouTube. The second one I had to rent on YouTube. But I think you get it through showtime or something um the third one was on netflix and salvation was on netflix and then genesis was somewhere else and then i had to rent dark fate like they're not all oh hulu had genesis and then another one was on rental it's so hard to just find where they all are i don't know what that means yeah for me i didn't realize the first one was free on youtube but i did watch that on amazon prime video oh yeah then the second one um yeah i did this thing where we signed up for a showtime trial watched it on there and mm-hmm. then canceled the service so i saw that for free um then yeah three and salvation are on netflix and then genesis i didn't realize it was on hulu or whatever i had just rented it it was like four bucks uh and then dark fate i didn't watch this time but i saw that back in theaters so yeah it's like just why can't we get these why can't we get genesis on netflix that's the one i really wanted to watch and that's the one i had to pay for yeah it's just so weird they're all over the place and you look at those weird, you know, it's not like, I mean, it's not like uh, the Halloween franchise where it's split up by so many different studios. Technically, it all should be just under the Sony banner. They they should have them all somewhere. So that is curious because it was TriStar originally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I've got them all on Blu-ray. I'm very happy to say, except for Genesis. So I was also happy to watch that on Hulu. And that is not favoritism. I do love Genesis. Uh, but <laughs> I, I wish, like we teased with Jaws, if they were in some central hub, we could be doing some good for the franchise now. But unfortunately not. Right. Yeah, we, I think HBO be- Max. Yeah, we did that for Jaws. Because the franchise is so fragmented and none of the movies post-Judgment Day like reference any of the other movies post judgment day. So that's like almost like they're all different alternate timelines. Um, it's, it's almost not a franchise, but it's just like a bunch of different movies. Ooh, 
almost not a franchise <laughs> just because they hate each other and actively cannibalize each other and tear each other apart and say, you don't count, you don't count. How dare you? I refuse that, Jacob. <laughs> it's a very well, it Disney Star Wars situation where they have yeah. no internal yeah, consistency really and they're all fighting with each other. It's almost like they're each, everything past Judgment Day is its own fan film because you got different actors, different scenarios, exactly. different continuity that they're picking and choosing from. Definitely a fascinating franchise because of that because you could just be like, I prefer the Rise of the Machines version of the canon, or I prefer the Dark Fate canon, or, you know, I think we Nick like the Genesis my canon John more Connor. than anybody. <laughs> well, it's like, if, if you look at Judgment Day after that movie, there's not a lot they could do without rehashing certain things. So every movie after that kind of rehashes certain things uh, to a degree. But what I, what I really thought was funny is I looked up, you know, James Cameron's reactions to every movie after too oh, no. and they're very funny because every time when the movie's coming out he's like oh I'm excited to see this one this is the franchise getting back to its roots a couple years after that when it's a failure he's like no I hated that one that was terrible uh, and he's done that like every time including with Dark Fate which now he's like this is the one that really counts I but he said that about that Genesis marketing <laughs> tactic that they use Jacob where it's James Cameron has returned to the fold he's giving his yeah. blessing this time I agree with you he has done that since he decided not to direct Rise of the Machines now, it's let me go funny. back to your guys' personal history, because I think Mike did something important by bringing up, he mm. said he saw Judgment Day first. Guess what, guys? I did, too. I think that's I did sort too. of, Jacob, that was my question to you. I think that's kind <laughs> of the dad yeah. move, right? Is to be like, hey, this super scary horror movie that's been turned into the coolest action franchise of all time that has a kid lead in it. You want to watch it, son? And instantly you can just jump in and be like, oh, yeah, this is an amazing franchise. It's like, yeah, I actually didn't see. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't see the first one for a long time from when I saw the second one because I didn't even realize like that one feels like more like a low budget indie movie compared to Judgment Day almost like. um, And yeah, I watched Judgment Day a ton in the 90s when I was a kid. Classic. Yeah. It's great for kids. Well, not great for kids, but the idea is like he's got a super <laughs> robot protector who he can tell to do stuff. Like it's a very like cool kind of idea as a kid, I think, to be like, yeah, I got a super robot best friend. Don't mess with me, you know? Yeah. I would even Hasta say I saw vista. three <laughs> before I saw one. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, because wow, that wow, came out wow. in 2003. So I was 13. I didn't even know, like, I didn't even have access to The Terminator until I was probably a teenager. Mm. Rise of Machine, a theater experience, Jacob. For me, it was. Um, I think, uh, maybe, I can't remember. I can't remember. Well, I definitely I remember it's... my dad just so blindly being like, look, T2 was the greatest movie of all time. It has Arnold back in it. <laughs> Obviously, it's going to work. And right. you know what? I hold so much genuine nostalgia for that movie just for seeing it in theaters that you oh. could tell me Rise of the Machine is your worst, and I'm sure you will, because let's do some fucking <laughs> rankings right yeah, now, yeah, guys. Let's do, but, it. Uh, let's do it. I refuse it. I refuse it out of joy and love. <laughs> you... I can see that from a nostalgia standpoint, but for me... Yeah, I would say it's. I mean, should I give my ranking now? Should Let's we all give, give the our ranking rankings? and then we'll then we'll kind of start with the Terminator and and walk Let's through do kind some of rankings. the merits. I of also these. want to point out, Jacob, you said something very cool in the Normies text thread before we started that I'd also like you to say on pod that all the films post to struggle to become the sequel to number two to sort of like stand as like actually blah blah blah. And we said right. there's a lot of disregard, but in specifics to say that like. Look, we understand what number two was. We so desperately want to be associated with that. Yeah, I mean, you got three came out, 
kind of like a bad rehash of two wasn't you know re- received very well so then there's a you know a little hiatus then they make salvation totally different thing mm-hmm. they're going a whole different direction that was supposed to be a whole trilogy but obviously that that never came to fruition because that was not well received then another hiatus then genesis comes out which is also sp- supposed to be part of a new trilogy which never happened because it wasn't received well and now they're you know dark fate i'm sure they they want that to be a tr- new trilogy so it's very interesting. Um, they just keep trying new things, and the audience every time is like, uh, and then you know they wait like six years and they make a new one. Um, but as far as my ranking, I think we can probably all agree that the top two in order is two and then one, right? Like those are definitely the best two in this franchise. I'm in a hot take. I, I watched one again recently. I, I, it's probably my number three, <laughs> but two oh, is really? my favorite. Mike. Yeah. T1's my number one over number two. I like okay. the small oh, wow. slasher horror film element opposed to the grandiose thing that James Cameron's going to do with this franchise and Alien as well. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm really right. surprised at the diversity here, guys. That's interesting. I mean, I'm excited to hear what your number two is in that case. But yeah. I think we can all agree that, you know, those are at least top, top two or top three. But I would say Judgment Day, number one, because that movie is just For a lot epic. of people listening to, yeah. Yeah. And we're 90s Terminator. kids. I mean, we remember what T2 Judgment Day did to the landscape. I mean, from oh, that yeah. point on, everybody was like, oh, action movies should be exactly like this. Yeah. Right. And what's interesting about that is it's rated R. Not a lot of big action blockbusters are rated R these days is almost seen as a risk because you're alienating, like you can't, you know, sell tickets to younger people. So it's interesting they did that. You know, there's some F-bombs dropped, uh, some some nudity. There's nudity in the first one as well. But Male uh, nudity. Yeah, and female nudity. Yeah. Yeah, that lady puts her headphones on after she gets fucked and she makes that huge sandwich. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there's a lizard oh, on yeah. the fridge. Where's that glass of milk, which is disgusting? Yeah, that's right. That's his name. But continue. Yeah, rewatching the Terminator was fun. Yeah, so I enjoyed rewatching the Terminator after not seeing it for a long time. That was a lot of fun. So I would put that number two. Mm -hmm. Then we get to the sequels, right? The the third three and on, which is disputed order. But I would say so. You got two, one. After that, I would put. Now I would put Dark Fate. I think that's the best one since Judgment you Day. You are blowing my mind today. <laughs> yeah. And then number four, I would put Genesis, which until Dark Fate came out was my favorite since Judgment Day. So you got Judgment Day, The Terminator, Dark Fate, Genesis. Then I would put Salvation. Not as big a fan of that one. And then I would put Rise of the Machines, unfortunately. I'm sorry, Colin. Um, Salvation, I just found extremely very boring. Did not like that one mm. at all. Um, we can get into that as well. But Once we go there, yeah. So that's my ranking. What about you guys, Colin? I want to hear your for number three. I always get so confused. It's not Bryce Dallas Howard, and then it becomes Bryce Dallas. <laughs> yeah, it's Howard Claire Danes. It's Claire yeah. Danes. So every time I watch number they look three, very I'm like, similar. there's Bryce Dallas Howard, <laughs> and I just sort of nod along. Um, <laughs> we yeah. will we will talk about what I think is the fundamental flaw of the Terminator series. Mike, you saying it's sort of pulpy. I think that's what it means to be to go from normie to niche, is to embrace more of its weird pulpy B-movie roots. Um, and I think the weakness of it is casting. So mm-hmm. I love these films. This is a perfect series to me. I say that there are no bad Terminator films, but they are bad movies. But that does not invalidate them to say that they're bad Terminator movies, because they have weird 
sure. connotations and traits where you go, eh, it still makes it okay as a dumb B pulpy Terminator movie. So, and I think they're all kind of you know respectful to a degree of the original movies, right? Well, they yeah, all and that blows my mind too to that it. they do want to have some odd consistency. It, it is strange, yeah. and I'll tell you the reason for that. And it is a man we haven't mentioned yet, but Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> constantly appearing makes them go. Well, we kind sure. of have to acknowledge that he was this thing in this other one, so I guess they have to be connected together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, my ranking comes down to which are the worst cast movies. I think yeah. that the T one and T two, I'm not gonna. They're like good. This. They're fucking great. Like they, it, it just it works because those people work on a lot of levels. You have a lot of James Cameron cast coming back. You have Lance Henriksen as a police officer in T one. He was the star of Piranha two. James Cameron directed. Uh, where he's right. meeting Galen Heard too. Alien, of course, where he plays Bishop. Uh, there's a lot of that, you know, resonating in this franchise. Um, and the Doctor comes back for two. Doctor oh, Silverman. Yes. Oh, the and number three. Yeah, the crazy psychiatrist. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he comes back in three for that really hilarious moment. I remember my dad elbowing me. It was it was very big for us boys. Um, yes. I I think that once you start getting people of the same caliber who kind of aren't movie stars. Have you guys ever seen another Linda Hamilton movie? It's like, I saw Dante's Peak recently, but there's a reason she was not a movie star, or that she's not like Sigourney Weaver in the Alien franchise, is mm. getting nominated for Academy Awards, doing the work with James Cameron. So, right. once it goes on to like people of her quality that aren't as great, that's where these films, eh, they fall apart. So, T1, number one, T2 right underneath it, I'll say Salvation right after that. Just because it's weird and interesting and it takes a curve, I'll throw Genesis after that. Guess what? Spoiler alert. I think Amelia Clark's good in that movie. We'll talk about that in a bit, guys. So fuck you guys. I I think the the Queen of Dragons is is pretty good. The franchise Uh, killer. Then I'll do Dark Fate. (laughs) You know I love Amelia Clark. Then I'll do Rise of the Machines. And and again, truly, you know, there's not a bad one in the mix. I, I think they're great. Okay. So that's a pretty low rating for Dark Fate, though, which is kind of consensus considered the best of the more recent ones by a lot of people. I don't think yeah. it's bad. I loved it. I love seeing it with you. Spoiler alert, Normies as well. Jake and I went to a private screening that we saw with the guy who shot it, and uh, the, right. the lead the actor, DP. Diego Luna, also showed up at the end there as well. Very cool. We had a great time seeing that. I've seen it twice in theaters since that, Jacob. I, I like the movie. <laughs> I've got sure. some issues with it. We will talk. Mike, I want to know your order and thoughts on on some Terminator stuff. Yeah, yeah. So my favorite one is T2. But after going through and watching these all this week, I think my second favorite one is actually Genesis. Hey! It's Genesis, boy. A lot of Genesis. That's with the caveat wow. that it is definitely like maybe the second worst cast of any it's Terminator movie. Mike, okay, it's I think- maybe the worst cast movie ever made. <laughs> Yeah, it, like Amelia Clark I think is Jai not Courtney, a good bad casting. Sarah Connor, <laughs> and the other guy is not a good Kyle Reese. They're they're, they're no. the best. Yeah, no. Jai Kyle Courtney is terrible. Yeah, yeah. So I think it, Jason Clark. Okay, yeah, we'll get. And it. it's the worst John Connor too. Like it's the worst of everything. No, no, Christian Bale is the worst John Connor. Maybe, but like that's, the setup and Nick Stahl is also could be Connor. argued for that too. Jacob, yeah. <laughs> he is pretty bad actually. It's just bonkers. That's why I like it. So T2, Genesis. Hey, Mike, were you moving that light? Mike, were you moving that bloody light? <laughs> Are you You're professional? Yeah. <laughs> You're through. Right. I thought you were a professional. 
He's going to definitely Shane. probably do that when he sees the rest of my rankings. Um, so I'm going to give a T2 Genesis T1. Wow. T1 is, is great. Um, then I will probably have to say... I'm looking here real quick. I'll say Salvation for four, then Dark Fate, and then Rise of the Machines. Okay, this is really interesting Rise of the because... Is at the bottom, yeah. Yeah, so we all put Rise of the Machines last. Um <laughs> You, I thought I would be the highest on Genesis, actually, but you actually put it second, which is like way higher than I. And thought. I do not like Amelia Clark. <laughs> I think she's. A I know it's crazy. Franchise killer and a black hole of charisma, but <laughs> no. even so, I enjoyed Genesis wow. that much because the this plot is just so bonkers and weird. And it fun. is, yeah. yeah. And we'll get to that. And real you, quick, Colin, the lowest rated in Rotten Tomatoes is Genesis, so I feel like right. we are the highest on it of anybody it's on the, the most, planet. <laughs> Yes, it's the most underrated. Like to say that Rise of the Machines is a better movie or that Salvation is a better movie than Genesis, I think that's crazy. Like, what are these people watching? So, yeah, yeah it's very underrated. I'll, I'll say this I cruise around in the Terminator subreddit a lot. There is a lot of now backhanded uprising of Genesis, and it's mostly from a white supremacy angle. Oh, to bring no. Dark fate. <laughs> so, I, I well, don't know. How really, does that work? I don't oh, really I've, like I've heard that. that, and I hate that yes. too. Well, how about this? We've gotten yeah. the rankings, right? I think we can hop in the time portal. Let's go back and let's reset the timeline to talk about the very first Terminator. Starting at the beginning, we'll walk through these and figure out what we like and don't like. Because uh, that's what we're talking about. Let's do it. I'll be back. Have you seen this podcast? Uh, ooh, spooky police officer. Let's get away from him and go back and uh, go back to one possible timeline. Like we said, it's me, Kyle Reese. I'm here from the future, Mike. I'm here to talk about Terminator 1. Yeah. I'm going to go to the uh, Tech Noir Club. Uh, and we can <laughs> chat there. <laughs> On uh, on Pico, we could. It's on Pico Boulevard. We could drive yeah, over right, right that now. place. Exactly. I do want to say I love how. One. Yeah, I love how Los Angeles is such a big part of these movies. Let's talk uh, about how city. Los Angeles. See this first one is Jacob. How many times have we walked around Griffith Park and you see this naked motherfucker getting jumped by Bill Paxton and you go, "I've been there every day." <laughs> I'm always hanging out there with my punk friends. You know, just having I'm a good time with our switchblades. Uh, you know, binoculars, and they take yeah. it too long, and then it's my turn. Yeah, <laughs> I like and this. I like this better than the biker bar. And and let me explain why I like Terminator One better than T Two. Before we jump over to these. yeah, this we're, is number we're going one on your one list. by one, Normies. This is number one on my list, Mike. And I'll tell you why. Arnold is my favorite actor of all time. Now he has a certain period where. He becomes Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 1, he is not Arnold Schwarzenegger yet. It's very cool that right. he's in this movie, that he's starring in it. He's only done Conan uh, before this where he is the actual lead. So he wanted to do a movie where he didn't have to shoulder the whole filming schedule the entire time. He thought, oh, playing a bad guy, that's very cool. T2 is an Arnold movie. It's got an inherent yes. goofiness where he's kind of like smiling and winking at the camera and we all have fun with him and we're like, oh, that's a guy who doesn't really speak English very well, but right. he's awesome. T1, he is a murderous nightmare robot from the future 
and the only other time you see a Terminator, it's his weightlifting buddy, Franco Columbo, so you know these motherfuckers are massive, and they just come back to kill you. When he gets his eyebrows burnt off, he is a monster. I love that aspect of it. Yeah, and we kind of talked about how the timeline of this is almost like Halloween, where it just resets everything. Uh, the first Terminator is very much like a Michael Myers, like he doesn't feel, he has no remorse, he just kills, and if you get in his way, he'll kill you on the way to his target. Like, that's very cool. Mike, the slasher elements that, uh, again, James Cameron said he wanted to emulate from John Carpenter after seeing the success of Halloween, he got so burnt out making Piranha, he gets fired by the end of it. He gets $6 million together, and he says, I want to make something small that I have control over. He does that with Terminator, because... Like you said, I, I would argue it doesn't even feel like a Michael Myers movie. It feels like a zombie movie. The way that a monster mm. is so impervious and just comes at you in waves. When Lance Henriksen in the police officer in the police office says to Sarah Connor, What are you worried about? You're surrounded by police. Like nobody can get you right now. And you know that a robot from the future, in fact, can get Sarah Connor. <laughs> you are genuinely fucking scared. Right. And that idea that like all the cops, they all think that like she's like insane and stuff. So no one believes her, but she knows like he's coming. So just adds yeah. that horror aspect. The, the world building that they do with the small budget and establishing this threat from the future is credible. And that she's crazy. Like after judgment day, it's there too, you know, not to jump too far ahead. Cause she's in the insane asylum and she, no one believes her then everything after that. It's just bonkers. But this is like a very, like almost human story, you know, someone being stalked by a killer it just happens to be from the future. And it's treated really well. Yeah, I think what makes this movie work is that it it's great for what it is. You know, obviously at a much lower budget than uh, T2, uh, you know, James Cameron, you know, still kind of up and coming at this time. So, um, yeah, some of the effects, they don't look amazing by today's standards. Um, but I think it's it just holds, you know, just the basic plot is so good and interesting and the hook of it. It keeps you interested. And another thing I, I don't necessarily like, Colin, in what you mentioned before, Linda Hamilton not being such a great actor, I th- I have to agree with you. In this movie, I think in Judgment Day, she's great. Um, that's like the Linda Hamilton that I'll always remember is her in that one when she's just a badass. This one, yeah, her and um, Kyle Reese, not such great actors in this, honestly. I yeah, think this Michael is the Bain, best Kyle drug Reese. Addict. Uh, I would agree the with that, The best Kyle Reese, too. but there hasn't Another really been any other. Another actor of James Cameron, <laughs> Michael Reese's. Bean. But he's a guy who's sort of in and out of rehab a lot, has a lot of issues. Jacob, you brought up maybe my favorite moment in film history that he has earlier. When you guys come back from time, would you steal a homeless person's pants? <laughs> would you pull that shit right up to your ass and be like, oh, I don't know. Well, I'm in the future. Everybody's basically homeless thanks to the machines. So for him, it's just like, that's just a dude. Like, hey, I need right. your pants, neighbor. Yeah. True. That cut when we see his life in the future, Mike, and there's a family sitting watching a TV and it cuts around and you see it's a fireplace and they're just watching a fire <laughs> in a burnt out TV. Dogs. Dogs are the only way that we know Terminators are around. What are women like in your word? Good fighters. <laughs> he's just so he's, he's <laughs> yeah. a harried space guy. He has maybe the best character game of all time because you could literally, you could say like, um, Jacob, I see you're drinking a LaCroix. In my time, we have to drink our own pee because, yeah, and he can just like (laughs) ramble and rant and rave and you just go, wow, you know, Kyle Reese does have it bad. And I think the horror element that a lot of people forget is that that entire film 
What he is saying to Linda Hamilton is, in 10 years, your life will be exactly what I'm describing. It will be the apocalypse, which kind of is an impending thing that we, older generation, not in the 80s, go, well, I know all about that with climate change, baby. You don't have to explain that shit to me. Right. And even and Elon Musk now is saying AI is the greatest threat to humanity. You know, we've been we've been going through this since you know the original Terminator. Skynet, Sky when Skynet went live, Mike. Oh, you don't even know. Elon Musk was there. Tesla sis, yeah, yeah. And this whole AI, um, you know, I'm interested to talk about Judgment Day as well because I think it's a very anti-science, anti-progress movie. So we can get into that's that as well. interesting. T1, I want to throw this out to you guys. I say it might be the most Christian movie of all time. Can you think of a film that more or less uh, demonizes abortion more? It's like, no, 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 do not get rid of that baby. It could be the right. savior of the future world. Well, and obviously, as we pointed out, the J.C., John Connor, James Cameron, Jesus Christ. I mean, not exactly subtle there. We even get, like, in the later movies, you know, the, the Mother Mary addressed directly. Oh, I had to be Mother Mary. Like, that is her. Like, your child will be the chosen one. And, you know, we have uh, Kyle Reese as our Joseph, I guess, in this scenario. Yeah, and that's what's interesting partly about Dark Fate, which we'll get into as well, the twist in that of certain things, I- but... I guess just for me to say why this ended up on my third place, I mean, it obviously should probably have been number two. I've watched Genesis more recently, but it is a little older. The budget is lower, right? So it's a smaller kind of movie. And being introduced to Terminator with T2, that's, in my mind, what a Terminator film should be. And Genesis ticked all that. We'll get there later. So Terminator 1 just slides under it a bit because it is so much more laid back and reserved, but it's a classic and it has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So normies Ooh. check it out if you haven't. Well, yeah. Like if you show a kid judgment day and then you show them Terminator, none of them are going to like Terminator better because they're just gonna be like, Oh, you know, the effects are so much better in this one, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's certain reasons, but I think it's Jacob, iconic for what it started. Is yeah. there an inherent bias too? You said you're a little kid, and then you go, "Arnold's the bad guy in this one." Well, I don't like right, this at too. all. <laughs> and that's kind of the brilliant twist of Judgment Day because they knew that Arnold was likable, and they they wanted the audience to be able to root for him. So they're like, "Let's make him the good guy now, and we'll give another villain for him to fight against." Yeah. But, so if you want a little kind of darker horror vibe, go for that, Colin. Before we jump to two, Jacob, do you have any last thoughts on why number two opposed to this being your number one, the original? I know you just said the effects and stuff, but I also yeah. like what you said earlier about just the, the technical, you know, practicality of the film itself. Anti-tech movie almost. Well, just, but even think about the plot as far as like, if it if it had nothing to do with time travel, how scary is a movie? Jacob, you're in a bar like Sarah Connor is, and the TV says, the phone book killer, a serial killer has come out killing people with the exact same name. Jacob Ebel flashes on the screen. Oh, hold on. Sorry. Could could you turn the volume up on that? I mean, that is fucking Yeah, I'd be pretty freaked out. (laughs) If if they were going around killing every Jacob Ebel in Los Angeles, I'd be like, well, you would get a phone call. Jacob, I don't know if you saw the news. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. Yeah. That is a terrifying setup for sure. All right. Yeah. Now let's wake up in a cowboy bar here. Let's let's walk up. Let's. <laughs> we're not in a gay bar yet. It's only going to get crazier as we jump movies. Mm-hmm. But we're in number two here. We're we're making fun of bikers. We're seeing the ladies. We're showing off that our synthetic humanoid bodies probably have dongs based on uh, how excited <laughs> some of the women are looking at Arnold. Mm-hmm. We're talking T two guys. Why is this your number one, Jacob? 
Well, I just think, I mean, it's just the best movie in the series. I mean, it just, it continues everything that Terminator set up, but with interesting twists to a way that like, it makes you just so interested in it. Because think about it, if you saw this in theaters, you probably didn't even, well, you might have known that like, Arnold was going to be the good guy this time, but maybe not. So in the beginning, when you're watching, he comes back. Obviously, uh, you know, T-1000 also comes back, but but you get that scene where he, he's, he's walking up to him in the mall. He's got the, the box of roses and everything. You're like, oh, shit, he's about to fucking kill John Connor. And then, you know, obviously he doesn't. But I think that's a great twist right in the beginning. And then it just kind of keeps you the gives you that hook to keep watching. Linda Hamilton, the transformation of her from you know, this naive waitress into like this, just the Supreme badass is very interesting. And then you get John Connor himself, the cool nineties kid riding around on his little moped. I mean, hacking what's, what's into better? ATMs, you know, hacking <laughs> Mike, in the uh, 90s. you have an Atari brand laptop like him, right? Mike, you're hacking into ATMs yeah. too. That's how I fund the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think this movie is so watchable, so entertaining. It's the perfect, you know, representation of a blockbuster you know, it's everything you could want from a blockbuster. Is it dated at all to you? I, I thought the special effects held up a little as well. You were saying oh, yeah. and making fun of T1. There are some Ray Harryhausen, you know, Simbad skeleton yes. moments when it's chasing mm-hmm. her at the end. Uh, but Absolutely. this, every time I see the liquid metal, I, I do wonder how they pulled it off. Obviously, it was some of the first computer effects of all time. But you just look at it and go, God, how did he fucking figure oh, this out? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and James Cameron loves water. That's why it was so shocking that he had to leave Piranha, because if he's doing something around water, he loves it. But you saw some of this technology also with, like, the Abyss and things like that. So right. focusing on getting the liquid right, I trust James Cameron with, with liquids. But and it obviously, does hold up, all jokes aside. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it holds up really well. And obviously, you know, James Cameron's always been at the cutting edge of new effects. You know, Avatar, oh, obviously. Avatar. Um, but, yeah, considering this movie came out in 1991... This movie looks insanely good today. I mean, the effects in this can look better than, uh, you know, CG that came out two years ago in some cases. Oh, my God. Because, again, it's using it like a paintbrush. You are truly, the step up from T1 to T2, you are watching an artist be given every available usage of the medium that they can do. You, You just see them go, here's your paintbrush, here's your paint, please just go and create. Now, let's just, like, mention real quick, James Cameron, a lot of him, this is his hand doing it. You say, well, the special effects hold up. It's because literally he's going down there and doing it. Let's talk about his past again. On Piranha 2, they ran into an issue where they needed to use maggots for a scene. The maggots weren't moving. He figured out running a small electric current to the maggots would get them to move and writhe around. Uh, People said they'd never seen that before. Let's talk about Escape from New York. The opening title credits that look like a a HUD system, a a system of a computer reading out the landscape of New York. That is him hand painting with electric tape, creating on miniatures as as the visual effects artist of that film for John Carpenter. The man is a genius. Now, his meticulous ability, I'll just point this out real quick too to say, you do not go to the bottom of the ocean without having a full plan. He is someone who thinks about every detail in every step along the way. So when he applies that as a craftsman to his craft, you get these films where, I mean, every moment of it just works. I've got right here next to me the fucking screenplay because I love this fucking film so much. Uh, You know, I mean, it's just, the man is, 
The man's technical grasp of language and vocabulary and the way that he just describes the things that happen in his film are brilliant, let alone how he executes them. And I would say that goes down to the story structure as well. And it's just like every scene in this is there's not a wasted second in this movie. Like every scene is um, necessary for to lead up to something else. So it's just I think it's a great if you you know, people say, oh, look at Die Hard if you want to watch, you know, uh, if you want to learn how to write a screenplay, this is another movie where it's like, this is the perfect template for how to make a blockbuster movie. Yeah. And not just pacing, but like the theming and also the payoff of a setup from the first movie, which is, oh, John Connor is so important. Now we have a Terminator protecting John Connor, but also the arc of Sarah Connor and the Terminator. You have a non-human machine learning to empathize and be more human. And then a human who would become machine like, to protect her son at all costs right. to losing her humanity, coming kind of back over. When I saw yeah. the Terminator with John, I knew it would never hurt him. I knew it would never <laughs> beat him. She does those crazy monologues the entire yep. film that I absolutely yeah. love. Linda Hamilton, she trained, uh, she got her black belt. She did Israeli Mossad uh, combat training to get that super cut body. She, I mean... You look at this, you guys forget, this is where Laura Croft came from. I mean, like, look at the outfit that she's wearing. Look at the, right. you know, physicality that she is presenting. Sonya Blade as well. Look at, oh my God, Mike. Oh my God. I, I, yeah, how could I not say that? You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a Mortal Kombat tie into this whole thing. Well, you, oh, we'll fucking get to that in a bit, yeah. too. <laughs> and get to rant about some other sad franchises that I think shouldn't be touched like this one, maybe. Um, T2 again. It's just, it is James Cameron getting that blank check. You you hear that phrase a lot, where somebody is an artist who, you know, it's not even the Scorsese, you do one for you, you do one for me. James Cameron looks at the blockbuster and says, it can be more and it should be more. Mike, you're talking about themes. There's a reason John Connor is using that Atari laptop to hack, or you get these scenes with butt kiss from Salute Your Shorts where he's beating video games. Because he can game the machine. We're seeing these like universal themes throughout. Like mm-hmm. it's very impressively written, Jacob. You're totally right. Right. And just the idea of yeah, I think what Mike said about Sarah Connor losing her humanity is great to the point where she almost, you know, kills uh, she becomes Miles a Dyson. Terminator by the end. Yeah, right. she's going to just murder somebody because right. she's so focused. It's it's crazy. Um, yeah. But this gets into the anti-science aspect of this movie, which I think is very interesting because look at the character of Miles Dyson, right? This is a guy who just is doing his job as a scientist, wanting to advance humanity with technology, doesn't know what's going to happen. And for this, he gets almost murdered by Sarah Connor. Then Mm -hmm. after he agrees to destroy his life's work to protect humanity, he gets blown up for his trouble. So (laughs) um, this movie is basically um, a technophobic movie where it's like, being very afraid of technological advancement, which is interesting because James Cameron is so, um, you know, on the cutting edge of, of technological advancements in filmmaking. So it's very True. interesting. When you get to like salvation and stuff and they're using like typewriters and radios, like it only reinforces <laughs> your point more. And I understand right. it's the fucking killer AI or killer app, as Harley Quinn would say. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I hate that, Jacob. Miles Dyson, best death breathing in the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great stuff. I mean, that <laughs> has stuck with me longer. my entire life, guys. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. And, and Miles Dyson, small... just a good guy trying to do the right thing, right? Absolutely. Small connection there. That actor went on to play Cyborg's father in Justice League because of Terminator. So, uh, Oh, that's great. That's really awesome. And, I mean... We got to talk about um, Robert Patrick as the the T-1000. I I think this is a problem with the later movies is they're so iconic because the Terminator is this buff, badass thing. And then you have like this lithe, spindly-ass kind of liquid thing. No other Terminators after this have been like iconic in any way, in my opinion. True. Very true. The T-1000, Mike, you just hit it. They've never been able to wrap their minds around how to advance it, how to progress it. I have some issues with it. I don't love the mimetic poly alloy and because of what they say about the human tissue. I, I don't understand how it could be sent back in time. But before we talk about Robert mm-hmm. Patrick and his performance and your guys' opinion on the T-1000, do you guys know who was originally supposed to play the character? Of the T-1000? Of the T-1000, it was originally a little different. Billy Idol, they went to a lot of rock stars. They they said, you know, would you, blah, blah, blah. But before they settled on that character, they said, what if he came back in time and to taunt John Connor, he looked like Kyle Reese and we'd get everybody back and we have Michael Bean Mm. play the character again. Now, we brought it up before, oh, Michael Bean, pill addict, he was having some troubles at the time. They scrapped that. Mm. Would you guys have liked that? It would have felt more like a rehash again, sort of what they do with these other Terminator movies where they're like, let's keep remaking some of them. That would have been interesting to me, um, but I do like how th- what they eventually went with with Robert Patrick, just his intensity and, um, you know, it's just iconic. And, you know, having him dress as a LAPD cop is also iconic in my eyes and obviously you know james cameron has said he's done that on purpose um because you just get this cop chasing these people through la and everything um yeah yeah well it's it's like the first one you're not safe at a police station this one you're not safe with a police officer even right and i it's it's a case where we talked about how tom Selleck could have been indiana jones last time uh maybe it's a happy you know moment that we did not get you know kyle reese's T-1000 because of Robert Patrick's performance. It's just lightning in a bottle. And I think that's part of what makes this movie is the casting, as Colin said earlier. It's dead on for every character, and they're all firing on all cylinders. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, just the iconic shots, him pulling up in the, the police cruiser. It says, you know, to, pr- to serve and protect. And then he gets out his aviator glasses. You see the fire reflection in his glasses. Just iconic shots of him. But I have to agree, like, they've never been able to one-up the T-1000. And, you know, that's the big problem with three. Uh, I think the closest one that I like after this is the um, John Connor Terminator from Genesis because it's like nanobots. And I think that's like an interesting, at least different idea. Um, You know, because the liquid metal is just like, how can you improve on that? You know, and even the nanobots and stuff are just doing similar stuff to what he was doing, making a spike arm, even the dark fate, you know, robot is just doing more of the same stuff. It's all just variations on the T 1000, but you go from this hulking metal skeleton T 800 to just, yeah, this lith, like smaller, more agile liquid metal. That's able to do all kinds of stuff. 
How Robert Patrick that? took uh, speed running classes so that you wouldn't see him breathing and struggling. So he just like looks very robotic and stuff too. Do you guys think he yeah. was a resistance member that had that face and then the T-1000 the killed him before going back in time? Maybe. I think it's totally possible. I never thought about it. Um, it does seem to but, have like, obviously he's liquid metal. He could become any form, but his base form does seem to be the Robert Patrick you know, humanoid. Very strange. So I'm not sure. And I do like in Genesis when Arnold rolls in the polymetic alloy and he sort of gets, he becomes a T-1000 at the end of that. I know it's like really goofy, but in my mind, I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Genesis That's is basically. The service I was here for, yeah. Yeah. Genesis is basically, let's beat all the villains from the first two in the first half and then move on to, you know, more time travel stuff, but. And we'll get there. Yeah, we we'll could do probably a whole podcast on T2, but I think there's a reason that it's it has the highest audience score of any Terminator film on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think it's, it's clearly the fan the best. favorite. Yeah. The critics' favorite is the original T1. Hmm. Um, like my last thoughts on it real quicker. I mean, just the, it has like such a good ending, too, where he sacrifices himself. He gives you the thumbs up. And besides the never-ending story when Atreyu is yelling at Artax to not Aww. sink into the swamps of sadness... When Robert Furlan is saying to the Terminator, I order you not to go, it's it's heartbreaking, man. It's, yeah. it's one of the best endings to an action movie ever. And it's yeah. just like T2. that iconic, you know, when a dog or, you know, some childhood pet, you, he has to get old rid Yeller. of him. Yeah. Um, Harry and the it's Hendersons. sadder than old Yeller, that Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> when just someone's really here. cheesing you off, you say, hasta la vista, baby. Um, nobody's ever said mm-hmm. that. I do love that it inserted it in the <laughs> I love the, the 90s slang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just before we go, what Chill do you out. think of Eddie back. Furlong? He, he, he had something. He was discovered in a Pasadena mall. Yeah. He was an L.A. native. He was going through puberty while making the film. Obviously, that's where you get the iconic shifting voice kind of from. But uh, voice, yeah. like Michael Bean, he's had some troubles, too. So you, you kind of mm. got to give it up to the guy. I think he's perfect in this movie. Yeah, he might. Absolutely. Honestly, he might be the best John Connor, you know, present day John he's Connor. He's the best John Connor to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I think this movie is perfectly cast. And one thing I did want to mention is the catchphrases and stuff. This is now a franchise like Star Wars, where everyone seemingly repeats the same lines over and over. <laughs> yeah. um, You're yeah. like, how do you, you get, guys you know, even I'll know to back. say that to each other? Okay, I'll be Come back. Come with me also. if you want to live. I'll be back. <laughs> it's like, get Which out I think, of call here. Me. Oh, yeah, because Kyle Reese says it's, that in the original. Yeah, I think Come with me if you want to live is the I've got a bad feeling about this of Terminator because it's said in every single one, by usually by a different character, um, except maybe Salvation. I don't remember if it's said in that one. But as an Arnold superfan, I would also argue he has co-opted that to exist outside of Terminator. That is his catchphrase. He says it in True Lies. He says it in um, Collateral I'll be back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just walks it. No, I'll be back. It's always. I think he says it in Kindergarten Cop 2. He turns to the kids and says, I'll be back. (laughs) And you just go like, can you just drop it from one movie, you goofball? Right. But it's like one movie that was the biggest movie of the decade. Like, yeah, I'm taking this with me. This is coming with me but, for the rest of my career. Yeah, but this is the movie where the catchphrase is kind of started, but I don't think they're overused. Unlike the next movie that we're going to talk about, yeah. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Um, obviously, this movie came out in 2003, so 12 years after Judgment Day, which is wow. interesting. Um, yeah. James Cameron didn't come back. Arnold did come back with a huge salary, I believe. 
Um, and Sarah, and Linda Hamilton didn't come back, so they just killed her off off screen. Arnold will famously say, T2, he did not make a lot of money on. He had the most money he'd ever made off of was Twins, because he and Danny DeVito negotiated just for points for that. So he'll very famously say, that's my biggest money ever. When he came back for Rise of the Machines, Jacob, exactly like you said, he was like, I am getting paid for this, and I'm getting paid per I'll be back. Um, it's, (laughs) It's the film we all put on our lowest. Why is that, guys? Is it just tremendously boring? That's my opinion of it. I think it's just, yeah, it's boring and it's a bad rehash of Terminator 2. They don't bring a lot of new ideas to it. The villain is just a rehash of the T-1000 that they're like, what can we do? Let's make her like a hot lady, I guess. What if she was sexy? (laughs) What if Robert Patrick was sexy? (laughs) Yeah. Well, humans are stupid. We'd probably get distracted by that. Yeah, but it it does feel like a a Judgment Day rehash. And like even beats from the first movie where she's going through the phone book and kills that person at the the burger stand as she's working her way through it, you know. So much. And then Kyle Reese is now John Connor trying to explain to uh, not Bryce Dallas Howard, oh, you got to come with me. There's a dangerous robot. Like there's beats from Judgment Day and one that are just kind of rolled together in this. Yes. I mean, yeah, Cat... Kate Brewster is basically Sarah Connor from Terminator. Kate um, Brewster, thank you so much for remembering his wife's name for this franchise. Kate Jacob. Brewster, I love of course. That. Kate Rebel um, Commander. Kate Brewster. I will say, yeah, the and one she can help the dogs too. <laughs> the most vivid thing I remember from this movie, watching it at age thirteen when it when it came out. I don't know why this is. Maybe you guys can figure this out. Was the scene where she pulls up the Lady Terminator. Looks, you know, she's getting stopped by the cops. She looks at that billboard and then makes her breasts larger. Right, that for some reason was Is the thing the I most remember about same this movie. Joke in Men in Black. <laughs> I couldn't 2. tell you why as a thirteen-year-old boy. <laughs> Do you guys remember that in Men in Black Two where Laura Flynn Boyle plays the alien yes, that also the same becomes thing. a shapeshifter off of a billboard and she makes her breasts grow? I just remember as a kid being like, "These bad sci-fi movies are so <laughs> sexual." I, yeah, I loved it, Jacob. Right. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting, this movie feels like it's such so a weird. 90s movie, which it came out in 2003, but it's almost like the early 2000s were a very 90s, like, I almost think of the early 2000s as the 90s, but it feels mm-hmm, very of its time, you know? Yeah, What I mean, what's, I think, again, it's a, it's a failing of the casting. I mean, I think this yes. is the worst John Connor yes. we've ever yeah. had. I do not is, like Nick um, Stahl at all. He, he goes on to have a weird career. Did you guys ever watch Carnival? I like that show that he did. Mm, I had not seen that. But then, yeah, Brewster, it's like, uh, everyone's kind of very forgettable, but that probably came at the price tag of Arnold. Like, who are you going to get when we have to pay him so much money? We should get get, a visibly visibly older Arnold here, um, kind of phoning it in, I feel like, even though he's getting paid a huge amount of money. The die job in the air. There are some fun lines, though. I mean, talk to the hand, and he grabs the guy's hand. (laughs) now like I, I like some of the comedy beats in this that's for sure if we're gonna talk yeah. about the only positives and i think there are only a couple and i'd be curious what your guys thoughts are mm-hmm. the leukemia sarah connor death is super interesting and i, I think the speech is great and I, if you guys don't know that plot point is carried over uh, a prequel to this is the sarah connor chronicles where she knows mm. that she will get leukemia at one point because of events of time travel, very confusingly. Oh, I didn't remember that. I watched Sarah Connor Chronicles when it was on TV, but I don't remember that. That's I did not. There is... Uh, Jacob, you're a Firefly guy. 
There is a patina yeah. of Fox cheapness that I used to see when I was a kid that would turn me off immediately to TV shows. And the, I remember the oh, Terminator really? show being like, I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> no, I was into sci-fi, and obviously I was like, oh, Summer Glau of Firefly fame. Summer Glau. Perfect Glau casting that, for like an Firefly emotionless. Um, yes. That's, that's River? Yeah, so River okay. plays a yep. Terminator in Sarah Connor Connors. Lena Headey uh, as Sarah Connor. It was interesting. I, the cast was interesting to me, so I was like, I'll check it out. And honestly, Summer Glau was perfect casting as like an emotionless robot. Because <laughs> yeah. that's basically yeah. yeah. what wow. happened to her. She <laughs> so, was the 90s It TV girl. It's kind of interesting that she, she hasn't yeah. come on. I'm not sure. I don't think she's yeah, done sure. too much, but um, she was good casting in that. And I was into a lot of those, um, you know, Joss Whedon type shows from, from the. Buffy, Angel, they all look like they have the exact same, where I was just like, it looks like it's shot for $10. (laughs) Oh, oh, buddy, come on. (laughs) But Terminator 3, Rise of the The weird tie into Terminator 3 with that. Yeah, at least uh, there's some continuity. But again, the continuity with this franchise is crazy. So is this one, this is after Judgment Day, and you know another Terminator is now coming. John Connor is an adult, and they got to take out him and his future wife, right? It's very... Terminator 1S. Yes. The one, one positive I will say about it, well, two positives I have, I think, is the effects. I mean, the effects still look good, but they don't look really any better than Judgment Day to me because I think Judgment mm. Day just uses them su- more subtly. And obviously, effects did improve in the 12 years between them, um, but it's not really doing much interesting with these effects. The main positive I do like is the ending which is kind of like a dark ending and not how you would expect a movie like this to end. Oh, boy, I forgot about that, too. Actually succumbing to nuclear holocaust and learning. Well, and this is an interesting thing, Jacob. So you just brought up. There's twists and turns in how these franchises view predetermination versus branch theory. Sometimes they will say... Things Mm -hmm. can change, and we will get to that point of it. But as up to right now, it is predestination. This Arnold comes back and says, you only delayed Judgment Day. Judgment Day is still obviously going to happen, and you will somehow turn into Christian Bale. Uh, Yeah, it is a cool, grim ending. I'd be like, like sign me up, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Mike, you you want to shave your head and yell at light guys? If if I was that actor, anyway. (laughs) And and seeing the Nick Stahl, the future Nick Stahl scenes as him, as future John Connor, uh, just looks terrible. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, seemingly every movie after this changes the idea of, oh, is it determination, determinism or not? Kind of goes back and forth a lot. So we'll get to that. And, as well. you know, Judgment Day, the whole last thing is there is no fate, but the fate you make. And this is like, eh, fuck that. You know, yeah, you're, they're you're actually sealed in. Do you guys know? And obviously Genesis is, we'll get to that. But The original yeah. ending to T2, you just brought up how bad the um, post-apocalyptic Nick Stahl looks in oh, number right. three. Do you guys remember T2 opens with that actor playing future John Connor? He's got the iconic scar on his face. He's giving a bit of a monologue about how things have done. Original ending John Carpenter wrote, we see him in the future at T2. Scar gone. He's a senator. They have succeeded. So in in James Cameron's mind, it is... It is a malleable future. That is how I guess I prefer to see it. It is back to the future rules, or I guess not endgame, Avengers endgame rules. Uh, Again, time travel, guys. What do we do here? I would say back to the future has a more, like, the time travel in back to the future makes more sense than the time travel in Terminator. 
So take take it as what you will, but um, time travel is obviously hard to do, and it's best to just say fuck it and just enjoy the story. I guess. I mean, Don't that's think like too hard about it. That's the Terminator. That's the Transformer philosophy. Don't think about anything. <laughs> but um, you'd have to think coming twelve years later. Also, again, like there wasn't uh, an appetite for this, and this is the lowest rated from an audience standpoint on Rotten Tomatoes. I like so that people follow. There's a our, reason it was yeah. at the bottom of our list. Yes, that good. This is critics. They put it in the middle. Normies, if you're but skipping parts of this franchise, you don't need to see number three. So let's let's get out of there. But it let's, was the let's, one I was yeah, so least um, excited to rewatch. I'll say that as well. Yeah. Let's power up our chrono device here. Let's take another break and jump over and continue talking oh, yeah. about the rest of these films in this franchise. In Terminator. We're back, Normies. And Jacob, I have signed you up for the Salvation Program. Obviously, you're a death row inmate, and we're going to harvest your organs after you die. So just go ahead and lay down here. (laughs) Suffocate you with a pillow. All right, now you've awoken into a strange present of 2018. Not filmed in 2018, but uh, a past for us, we'll say. (laughs) And uh, it's right. a little post-apocalyptic, guys. We're talking Terminator Salvation. That's right. You're part of the Salvation Army now. <laughs> so like obviously that. this film takes it in a totally different direction. We're now completely, almost completely in the future, the post-apocalyptic future. Um, this one, I got to say, is my least favorite after three. Um and this one is the one that I hadn't seen before this past week. So I had the only one I hadn't seen. Never, never saw this one before. It. So when that odd controversy of Christian Bale's popped up that we keep hinting at and stuff, you have, you were just done with this mm-hmm. franchise at this point, or did that turn you? I wasn't off? done with it. Want to see it yeah. necessarily. I just I just never got around to seeing this one for some reason. Mick G movies um, turn you off. You're like, yeah, <laughs> Mick G. Um, yeah, Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Mick G to me is like. Michael Bay, but even maybe less like a, like a poor man's Michael <laughs> less Bay, <talented>. less <laughs> yeah. substantial somehow. Yeah, <laughs> but he has he has a hundred percent less three hundred and sixty degree dolly track. That's <laughs> yes. what's missing with Mick G movies. And one of the things I didn't like about this movie is the look of it. I didn't like it's like very high contrast. Um, but like for most of this movie, low saturation. Yeah, it's all grays and browns and blacks, and there's like almost no color until like the end of the movie. I thought, you know, this, it to me, honestly, first of all, like I said, it's my first time watching it. I maybe wasn't in the right headspace to watch this one, but I just, I couldn't follow any of it. It was so, like, so much stuff going on that I was just not invested in. I was very bored. If I could sum up this movie in one word, it'd be boring. I was just not into the plot at all. To me, it felt like a very generic post-apocalyptic movie, not like a Terminator movie. So I think that's the main problem. And it's just that look added to it, I think, because obviously that's a very popular look for post-apocalyptic movies, but it didn't... Like, that's not what the future looked like in T2 and T1. Terminator doesn't scream Tron motorcycles to you, just like shooting across (laughs) a completely blank gray landscape. No, that's the thing that's like... 
there's so much action in this movie, but almost none of it like invested me to a point where I was like interested. It was just like a bunch of empty action scenes. A very dated look. Mm-hmm. Mad Max is Terminator. Yeah, Mike, but it's had, like had you compare seen this before? to Mad Max Fury Road. I had not seen this one before, um, and I, I agree that it, it is kind of, let's say, boring. I mean, I like some of the effects, like some of the Terminator robots look cool, and I like that it's the only one that has pretty much nothing to do with time travel. And I mentioned that there was no good Terminators created since the T-1000, but I, I like Marcus. I like the idea of a robot that doesn't realize it's a robot. Yeah, I think that's oh, the I one. That, sorry, that's the one interesting that's thing. That's the best part in this for yes, me. Yes, yeah. I have to agree with that. And Sam Worthington's acting is probably the best in this out of anyone. And then he goes on to Avatar. This wasn't yeah, a James Cameron guys, joint. But, uh, Sam Worthington. Is <laughs> he the worst cast <laughs> in these movies? I can't believe you guys are praising him. I've never seen Avatar in my life, and he is one of the reasons. <laughs> for that oh no i think he's <laughs> well, what do you think about this colin i want to get your take I, look i'll say this we've talked a lot about fan expectations i think too tied up in terminator where after t2 the t the t3 the rise of the machines reception was exactly like jacob said why are they rehashing this why am i getting this same story over and over again terminator one kyle reese talks about once the machines rose up they used some of us as slaves once they were done with that, they started killing us in the work camps. It wasn't until John Connor rose up and freed us that we got out of this and fought back to kill every fucking machine out there. Fans have said forever, mm-hmm. I want to see that future war. I, I just want something different out of this franchise. The fact that Terminator Salvation pays that off a little bit, raises it up higher to terms, I put it as my number three. Uh, and the reason for that is... Because of that payoff, getting that future war, but I also agree with both of you, the weird diverting story comes from trouble in the back end. Uh, Mike, originally Marcus was just the main character. It was only about a robot who didn't know he was Mm -hmm. a robot. Once they cast John Connor with Christian Bale, a character who was only supposed to be on the submarine the entire time, they said, this guy should probably be the lead of the movie, and they rewrote it while shooting it. That doesn't work. <laughs> the film oh, okay. does yeah. not work because of that. Um, but my last positive that I'll say just before I throw it over to your guys' opinion, Anton Yelchin, rest in peace, might be oh, yeah. oh, I know. Might be my second favorite Kyle Reese. He is just... He, he was is, good, yeah. He was, he's I a agree. sweetheart man who our generation, I think, loved and latched on to, especially when he was just in such weird, cool stuff. Um, God love yeah. him. I just love seeing Star him Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. RIP to that guy. Um, I just wanted to say, um, I agree with some of the things you said, Colin, but I think the movie does come together a little bit more in the third act, but the first two thirds of this movie are just such a rambling mess that I couldn't really follow. And it's like Marcus kind of just stumbling around, like running into different people it's and like then the Wizard Christian of Oz. Bale He's doing like the whatever. Tin Man. He's just like, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah one yeah. thing to the next. Yeah. And Mick G is not maybe the most subtle of directors. So you'll have characters saying constantly, I'm getting hungry, and he doesn't respond. Right. Right? Like, everyone is getting hungry or thirsty, and he's oh, just true. chilling. It's like, ah, oh, this guy's probably a robot. And notoriously, and, yeah, you know, that twist could have been good, but notoriously they spoiled that twist in the trailer for this movie. Yeah. So it's like... Why do you do that? Why do movies do that? 
Hollywood. Jacob, you know? did you know that after that twist was spoiled, they also changed the ending because it got leaked as well. Very famously, the ending of the mm. film is Marcus gives his crazy Terminator heart over to John Connor so that he mm-hmm. can have like a super awesome Terminator awesome heart to live forever. <laughs> um, originally, John Connor died. And the character of Marcus then removed his skin and wore John Connor's skin and replaced him as the head of the resistance (laughs) to continue it on, saying John Connor is a figure, almost Batman-esque. You know, it's more important that he exists, not who he was. Oh, it's Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Wow! Uh, like any you are of big it. Boss. Um, that's terrible. Yeah, that's that's truly one of the worst things I have ever heard. Yeah, I Again, don't like that at all. I think it comes from people just being like, "It was a B sci-fi thing that worked twice, and it shouldn't have." It literally took a genius. You do not. I, I hate to say this again. You do not go to the bottom of the lowest point of the earth unless you are a genius. It took a genius to figure out how to turn. One movie into a sequel that is better than that first movie. No one else who is making these movies are geniuses. It's it's not working right. because of that reason. The, the G in Mick G stands for genius. <laughs> Mick genius. Get him off the dollar menu. <laughs> I'm Mick genius. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I think the thing is, um, you know, maybe a lot of people wanted to see the future war in a movie. That's not something I was ever that interested in. Like, the really? flash forward scenes in the first two movies, I kind of, I was like, okay, I get it. There's like, it's like a post-apocalyptic war between humans and machines. There's, I guess there's a way that you could have made an interesting movie out of that. I don't think Salvation is that because it's just too generic for me. And it, it was also in this era with a lot of post-apocalyptic movies that were all kind of felt the same. Book of Eli, etc. cetera. Uh, Mad Max is a way better than movie. Fury Road is a better movie than this, but Yeah. Well, you know, to be fair, the the best um, post-apocalyptic human robot future war movie came out way earlier, and it was called The Matrix. You <laughs> right. Know? Like, that's the, the best version of the future war. That's right. And we've had it. So I do appreciate that they did go there, though. Uh, in the end, I like, like I said, Marcus and Ant- Anton Yelchin is probably the second best Kyle Reese. He's trying to put on the voice a little bit. And, yeah. You know, rest they were peace. good. But overall... I could say you could skip this because there's so many flashbacks to the future wars and it ends up in the continuity, which who cares about continuity yeah. in these? It ends up basically being a non-factor. Right, because it changes the whole, the way that John Connor meets Kyle Reese is just completely changed in this movie with no explanation to why. Like Genesis, and we'll get to this, they change things, but there's a specific moment that sets off the alternate timeline. And this is just like, uh, that's just not, you know, it's just changed for some reason. Um, and Christian Bale, I have to say, I didn't like him as John Connor at all. He's kind of, I feel like, I don't know if he's miscasting this, but he just has nothing really to do or to latch on to as Thank John Connor. Thank you. There is a directionlessness to that character that you don't see in blockbusters. These executives say things like, well, what's the A action? What's the B action? This guy, he does nothing almost the entire right. film. And you go, okay, how did this slip through? And he just talks to the submarine guy on the phone. Yeah. Uh, it, all this did, see, seeing him in kind of a washed-out apocalypse, Christian Bale, made me just want to watch Rain of Fire really uh, bad. Rain of Fire, oh, yeah. Wow. A better movie. I, than I think movie. I'm going to go back and watch that. <laughs> a better movie than this movie. Doing, uh, a really crazy performance. Oh, so good. And they redo Star Wars. I love that pew, scene. Pew. But that's not what we're here for. 
But we can't talk about the genesis of the Terminator series. That means literally the one called Genesis, if we want to jump on to the, the next, which was my number two. That's your number and two, And I think Mark. we are way higher on this. Well, I'm yeah. so happy to hear that, Mike, because I wasn't expecting anyone else to be as high as... The, I knew Colin also liked this movie, but I have it as my fourth now. It used to be third until Dark Fate, but I think this was mm-hmm. the best Terminator in a long time because... And here's what I'm going to say. So... I don't see this as a sequel to the first two movies, but you know how Marvel has, so Marvel has what if DC has Elseworlds. Mm -hmm. They're just like, like what if something, you know, what if Superman was raised in Russia? What would happen? Blah, blah, blah. This is the what if of Terminator. What if right as Kyle Reese is getting sent back, John Connor gets grabbed by Skynet Ah, and the timeline completely alters Skynet by Doctor Who. (laughs) Fucking Jacob, you say all that Elseworld what if stuff. Joe is literally doing a thumbs up as he gets dipped down into the molten lava like number two right now. (laughs) He's he's giving you the Arnold like he loves you so much. (laughs) Yeah, and I think this movie, while being respectful of the first two, also changes certain things and subverts your expectations in an interesting way. Um, the yeah. first, okay, I think the that. first really cool subversion of expectations is that you're going to get a good actor out of Jack Courtney. Uh, and obviously he, <laughs> he, he subverts those expectations very quickly. <laughs> yes. Um, so here's the thing about, I, yeah, Jack Courtney I don't like. Say it, say it, t- lay down Captain um, Boomerang. I just think he's, how does he get these yeah. lead roles in these franchises? I was watching this movie with with Cole, and he said uh, this should have been Shia LaBeouf, which I don't know if I agree with that. He just loves Shia LaBeouf. Oh, <laughs> that would have been cool. So do you. You went on record on the last episode. We have yes. it. I have the tape. Shia LaBeouf probably would have been Mutt better than himself Corny, as as Kyle Reese. <laughs> I would love that. I will say, as the rest of the cast, I don't mind it at all. Amelia Clark, I love her. I think she does a decent job as Sarah Connor. Not amazing, but I think she's decent. Um, Jason Clark as John Connor. I don't also don't have a problem with that. I think he does a pretty good job. I do not. And like the Jason other Clark. part, uh, but the other part of the cast I like is J.K. Simmons in a small role, and I think he really J.K. Simmons was yeah, great. Yeah, he kills it. Yeah. What a cool cameo, Mike. Colin, you disagree? <laughs> I think <laughs> once again the casting is the issues. It's do you think this is a case like you guys made the argument before where the money's going completely to Arnold that that's the reason? I I mean this is this is Alan Taylor who has done other blockbusters. Game of Thrones. This is the Game of Thrones. This is the Thor the Dark World Thor of the, Dark the Terminator World. movies, I guess you could say. Um the, yeah. even his direction of it feels like it is something where it's like we're not necessarily putting all the money towards this that we should, but I still feel like the special effects are somewhere where it excels. This is my favorite iteration of the T-1000 when it gets killed by that oh, acid yeah. stuff in their kill pit. Oh, I think that is one of the most scene. thrilling action scenes like that's been made. I love that. And then oh, Arnold holds his hand, like holds him in place in his yeah, hand. Yeah, oh, dude, melts. and fucking melts so up. Sick. Pops, I got to yeah. age. Pops, Pops is not my favorite Arnold. We're going to get to Carl in a minute. Ooh. He's kind of my favorite. But uh, let me ask okay, you, that was... You like Carl more I than like Pops? Carl I like Carl more yeah. than Pops. Yeah. Mike, was this your first time seeing this? I think you said it was. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you're you're right. looking at that spelling and you're saying, that's why I did not see this in theaters. What is a genesis? <laughs> genesis. Well, you know, I lost faith in the franchise after Rise of the Machines and I didn't get back on until we were doing this. But 
this was now my second favorite. In many ways, like Indiana Jones, I had never seen The Last Crusade, and I was started out watching it on the side. And at a certain point, I was just glued to it. I'm like, there's so many weird scenarios. I liked kind of the fan service of going back to the very first Terminator, and then Arnold kills himself. Yes. Then you get um, Lee Byung-hun as the T-1000, and then that's like a callback. I was I was bummed that he didn't have more of a role. I was like, dude, he's going to be in this movie. I love yeah. this guy. Storm Shadow, okay. Um so it's just a brief part, but that was a cool scene. And just the idea of, yeah, all right, I'm sick of hearing about John Connor. John Connor, John he's going to save everybody. It's like, what if John Connor was a bad guy? I'm like, all right, that's something different. Yeah. At least it's something different. And that's what I appreciated. I appreciated it so much that I could watch Amelia Clark not be Linda Hamilton. And <laughs> uh, I was okay with it. But I do agree with you, Mike. I think what the this, the... Um, what makes this movie great is it just has so many wacky ideas. It's like, let's just try all this stuff and see if it works. Maybe some of it does. Some what of it doesn't. Apple was Skynet. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of, you know, it's kind of that mid um, 2010s, like paranoia about social media and stuff getting in there. Um, I, you know, one thing I wanted to mention about what Colin, you were saying, this was before Dark Fate. This was my favorite, like return of Arnold and what they did with his character with Pops. Um, and then I also think they did it well in Dark Fate, so we'll get to that as well. But this is the lowest rated by the critics and second lowest by the That's audience. That's what I don't get. Wrong, so we are wrong, in a wrong, unique spot. I think it gets lumped in with Rise of the Machines and Salvation, but I think it's better than either of those movies. Um, I agree with yeah. that. And yeah, it's so when I watched these movies the past week, I watched Terminator and then T2, and then I watched Genesis because I was just excited to watch that one. And I think it works really well if you watch it after those first two movies. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's so many callbacks and references when he goes back to 1984. Um, and, yeah, I think it's great. Jacob keeps talking about the content of it. The the laughter that it has where the other films will say, what if that was a paradox, whatever. This film's embracing of, well, the plot is paradoxes. And there's time travel backwards and forwards and alternate dimensions. I mean, Mike, did you understand right. that the mm-hmm. Matt Smith Doctor Who cameo you know, they kind of spell it out at the end, but he is an alternate reality Skynet who is going back in time and stopping other timelines from diverging to destroying Skynet. Mm. Yeah, like I kind of understood that. Not fully, but I knew that there was like a version of Skynet that self-actualized that then was trying to stop them from sending back the thing to stop itself. It's like, yeah, that's 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 some Terminator shit. Yeah, all right. I was on board. Right. Like, more time travel. Why not? Let's get goofy. And, and well, the Matt did. Smith thing, if you think about it, it's very similar to Salvation. So in Salvation, they're like, we need to send this this human, this robot that thinks he's a human to kill John Connor. So in this one, they're like, okay, basically they're focusing on John Connor every time. This one, they're like, John Connor's the problem. What if we just assimilate him into Skynet? Problem solved, right? Boom. Yeah. But yeah. And um, I'm not sure. Sh- I, I want to mention, we, you, you mentioned Shia LaBeouf supposed to be Kyle Reese, maybe. Um, he was, and the movie was called Eagle Eye, oh. and it was about artificial intelligence. <laughs> I thought intelligence you were going to fucking say iRobot for sure, Mike. <laughs> yeah, is that the other oh, one? No, no, you no. almost laugh because that's also a movie about a society where machines decide we have to be in control. Now, would the first thing that they do be developing time travel? I, I don't think that they would do this grand scheme of we own one <laughs> universe, but we have to really make sure that you know nothing else is blah, 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 blah. That's why I don't really dig the Matt Smith stuff. It's cool that he's in it, mm. and it's really weird that hologram scene where he starts as a baby face and then he grows to Matt Smith's head. Yeah. Like that oh, really yeah. gets me every time that I watch it. I think that's cool. 
Um, this also has Miles Dyson's son used, like it does in T3, oh, yeah. too. I like that they start that trend of going, yeah. like, let's honor that a little bit. Right. And like Jacob said, if you watch Terminator 1, Terminator Judgment Day, and then this, like, it feels yeah, very it natural. Really well. And it's just, you have fun. Like, it's dark, it gets kind of fun and action y, and then it's just fun and yeah. weird. And that's what I appreciate. Because right it. away you get old T800 from Terminator coming back, and then immediately. No dingus. <laughs> no dingus, but immediately just getting wrecked by Pops. And then shot with the sniper, yeah. right? And then you get the T-1000. You get Kyle Reese coming back in the same way, but the reversal of Sarah Connor already being a badass. Come with me if you <laughs> yeah, want to live. so it's like that whole subversion again. Um, and then you have the, uh, the, t- the J.K. Simmons character, who's the young cop in 1984, who then becomes like a crazy conspiracy theorist because he witnessed all this stuff. I think that's a great if little only, If we had gotten the psychiatrist They do the Jurassic grave. Park too. Yeah. Right, and they do the thing with the bus, you know, where it falls past them, that, that Jurassic Park 2 moment. Right. Oh, I think um, the helicopter action So there's some fun action awesome. in it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I think some of the action yeah, and the when they're fighting John Connor Terminator with the electromagnet in the hospital, that's a really cool scene when he's just like pulling away from it and he's like, I thought I thought you would understand. That's that's another mm-hmm. great effect, Not I our think. Son. <laughs> and the John Connor twist does work for me to a certain degree that's another thing that where i'm pretty sure they spoiled that in the trailer which again why why spoil twists in the trailer um it would be more way better if you saw that in theaters and had no idea of that twist it would be it had a way bigger impact right and i just think it's fun seeing like the older characters saying mom and dad to the younger characters yeah. I, I, I don't know it's like it's it. time it's travel fun there like but then that. this is where it kind of breaks down a little bit where the logic doesn't make sense because he's like Oh, if I kill you, will I still exist? I don't know. Maybe we're just all like marooned in time. And it's like, uh, I don't know if that really makes sense. But sure, I'll just go. But again, I like that this one is the wackiness. The fact that it even says out loud, oh, am I about to make like a crazy paradox? It's like all these movies are, (laughs) baby. Roll those dice. Right. Mm hmm. So I think I'm glad we, we did a good job of defending <laughs> Genesis because it really needs it. I, I had so much yeah, fun with I'm this I'm just one. glad you guys um, agree with me because I, you know, obviously I think that's kind of an unpopular opinion or a hot take. So, but on according to the yeah, internet, yeah, on this podcast, we're Genesis defenders. <laughs> it makes my liquid my metal favorite. heart beat and beat and beat. Now let's jump. Let's hit the last one here. Talk about popular opinions, favorite opinions. Mm-hmm. This one, guys. If you go to the what the internet says, there's an echo chamber about this that we kind of brought up earlier. Mm. Obviously, none of us feel that way. I'm very yeah. curious about your thoughts, Mike, having never seen Terminator Dark Fate before. Because I was there with Jacob afterwards where we had like a 45-minute breakdown of what we thought about it. So, so hit me, Mike, right. with those first thoughts. Yeah, so uh, real quick, this is the third highest rated from audience and critics. So this, according to the internet, yeah. in general, not that major- that vocal minority, is um, the third best received. I, I enjoy it. Um, I like the um, the new Terminator, the the Mackenzie. What's the actress Mackenzie name? Davis. She is so cool. The Mackenzie Davis, I think she's role. cool. I know her um, from, um, yeah, she was in an episode of Black Mirror, right? That was really good. And I, that's right. And oh, I that's liked her right. in that. So that's what I know her from. Yeah, San Bernardino. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I, 
it, I put it kind of in the middle. I, I think it's fun. It doesn't have like the big action scenes. It has some cool like hand-to-hand combat stuff. I just think the new antagonist Terminator is very boring and forgettable. Like he's just a worse T-1000 yeah. variant. I like the protagonist with Mackenzie Davis. I just don't like the antagonist that much. Mike, I'm very impressed. You're you're giving very logical, well thought out um, um, thoughts about what's good, what's bad. The stuff people harped on that that you haven't even mentioned yet. Oh, why do they have to wipe right, out John you Connor? That. You know, he's the savior of these series. You know, why do they have to blah blah blah? Or, you know. Why is it not Skynet Legion? Oh, who even cares about the Rev 9 or the Rev 8? I like the T-1000s and blah, blah, blah. Um, there are, I mean, these are huge divergences from the source material. None of that is bugging you. No, because the source materials already diverged from itself so many times in so many ways. I saw Genesis. Did <laughs> yeah. you see Genesis? Like, who cares about this? Yeah, but this one is ignoring, like we should say. Genesis. This is... <laughs> Yeah, this is supposed to be a direct sequel to Judgment Day. So I could see why people are getting upset. Right. Well, how I think of it... It's, it's a Terminator it's movie. It's just, you know, Genesis is its own timeline. Dark Fate is its own timeline. Salvation is its own timeline. They're all just different timelines. And that's how I kind of see it in my head. So I can enjoy all these movies individually and, and like certain things about them. But I don't care, you know, if one, you know, doesn't fit with the others as much. But this one, what I liked about it is it kind of gets the feel of the first two movies, kind of the grittiness of the action scenes, the um, almost realism where some of the some of the other ones, they just kind of feel more effects CG driven. This one, I can really feel the grittiness of it, I guess. And I like the return of uh, Linda Hamilton. I think she she's great in this role. And I like uh, Arnold in this movie. Oh, um, but so I agree good. the 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 antagonist. I told him, don't do it. You need puppies, balloons. And this one kind of does a similar drapery. thing with Pops, where as he gets older, he kind yeah. of learns to be more human, uh, which is kind of a gradual thing from Judgment Day on. He kind of gets more human in each each later installment, right? I did think the scene where he kills John Connor in Mexico, right? Linda Hamilton's there chilling, and Arnold just comes up with his little two-button shirt, Kills John Connor. The CG looked really good. Young Lyndall Hamilton looked good. Young Arnold looked good. I was pretty yeah, impressed like, with that. Regardless of the plot Regardless of what I feel about these movies, whatever happens, I have profused over and over that Arnold is my favorite actor. Seeing little Eddie Furlong and Arnold mm-hmm. come out, we just talked about it in Genesis. We got that opening scene, Arnold versus Arnold. Those effects looked pretty good. The effects in Dark Fate make yeah. me think we could get a couple more Arnold movies like somebody could just decide oh, to make 80s Arnold movies like you could just get raw deal 2 or commando back in action or something and I would just go absolutely we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get Bruce Lee versus the Terminator <laughs> sign me yeah. up dude and honestly with that plot point who cares if they killed John Connor in this one they've killed Sarah Connor and other ones it's it's yeah, disrespectful it's to Eddie Furlong. He was so good in that first movie. You know, what the fuck? And to introduce a young lady, it's disrespectful because John Connor is actually the hero the entire time and they talk about how great he is. Right. Did you listen to the plot of the movie? It's not Skynet in right. this one. John Connor doesn't matter. It's about a bitter Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor, trying to get over that some things you truly cannot escape. 
Um, yeah. I, guys, mm-hmm. uh, it's just it, like Jacob said. It's also just so technically well made. It's just it's it's very polished. Mike, it's Tim Miller, the Deadpool guy, not your favorite. You noticed a bridge action scene in this as well. Were you were you j- vibing on that? Well, this this was the uh, Jurassic Park one scene where the bridge is on the trucks on a wire hanging off of a, a, a you know bridge. So they did Jurassic Park two and Genesis and Jurassic Park one in this. Um, but you know that's they're good things to steal from. Yeah. I, and I like Deadpool, and I think Tim Miller's fine, honestly. Um, and I, I think some of the action was cool. Every Terminator movie needs a chase with a big truck. You know, we get that. Um, they, they check all the Terminator boxes. Um, yeah. And even the way I like um, at the end when they fall in the hole, um, you know, uh, Terminator T-800 sacrifices himself. I can't remember if it's Pops or Carl. Uh, what's his name Carl. This one? Carl. Carl. I'm yeah, not going to call that thing uh, you know, Carl. They, they fall in the hole. <laughs> right. Um, but then the, the new T-1000, I'm going to call it, like even when it falls on a spike, just keeps trying to climb up. Like the tenacity right. is there and Arnold just has to hold it down. Like there's some nice touches there. I think it's fun and it, I think that's where I put it by number and four right under the Do you the like what the this new T-1000 does where it can kind of like split itself into two parts? Did you find that interesting? I don't know why he didn't do that okay. in the yeah. factory. But <laughs> Here's yeah, what would have made it better. It's, it's not weird. splitting, it's combining. They can come together to make like an 11-foot-tall guy who just like <laughs> chases you around and stuff. Like Wonder sure. Twins, they come together. How cool would that be? That'd be cool if he could make like a giant version. <laughs> yeah. And then he picks up the truck. I haven't yeah, seen that before. And then exactly. we got Transformers. I mean, yeah, right. Exactly, Transformers. Yeah. But yeah, th- at least that is a problem with this. The antagonist just feels like another version of the T-1000 doesn't bring enough n- new stuff to it. And the actor playing him doesn't have the presence. Right. That, uh, Ghost you know, Rider on S.H.I.E.L.D. But you mentioned it. I will say, I think the highlight is Mackenzie Davis as the savior from the future. Uh, the mm-hmm. upgrades, the fact that she is a biosynthetic human who who is a warrior. Yeah, she's like, like Marcus. Yeah, Marcus almost. Very cool. I have always had issues when there's the future scenes where the humans somehow have these giant gunships and they're using the plasma phase rifle for the watt range, as Arnold asked for in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, where, how... What you see is what we uh, got. Dick Miller, greatest character actor of all time. People probably know him from Gremlins, where he gives gremlins, the speech about go. Gremlins. Um, <laughs> how do they get that technology, Mike? How the, how is she on that gunship with the injured Danny enough that they're getting away to their super secret high tech base in the underground and fighting off these right. endless Doctor Octopus robots? How does one single human survive any of that? The odds are so in well, the how, robots' favor. In Salvation, how do they have this like whole multinational group that's leading the the revolution? I don't understand. How Morse any of that works either? Network. Submarines and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah, explain any of that. <laughs> my conception of—I don't know if we ever. Yeah, can like my will. conception of it in the from the first two movies is like a very ragtag group of people with like barely any weapons or equipment that are just trying to survive any way they can. Well, so there's knows, a reason, but... and you know, I'll just give a shout out to that video game Terminator Resistance that came out last year. There's a reason that it's called Resistance. It's a small ragtag group in that video game. I like that game a lot. Right. If you guys haven't tried it out, 
It's made by an indie studio and it was kickstarted, so it feels very bare and like the world isn't lived in, especially when you see these videos, you know, the videos in the future, like the iconic skeleton in T2 just like crushing skulls and there's robots everywhere. It's not really that in this video game. That's another, speaking of the crushing skulls and stuff, why was it that like Legion, which was a separate thing, just made the exact same thing? Right. That Skynet Mike, made. Like, we're going to make the exact same Terminators with the exact same design. Why would they also discover time travel and use that as the pinnacle of their plan to terminate? It just doesn't That's what make AIs any do, sense. I guess. That That's is the inevitable the conclusion of any AI. Of AI. Any AI. Time, time travel and they'll make Terminators. Time travel chip. And I hate that we don't see Mackenzie well, Davis do point. it. You know, it feels copped out. We don't even see how she survives mm-hmm. that scene. But then she's like, make me kind of a robot too. And they're like, you got it, soldier. And it just feels like very intense for no reason and very over the top. And that's kind of my feeling for that whole movie. Right. I want to be a yeah, robot. Yeah, for me overall, I would say Dark Fate and Genesis are the two, I think, most worthwhile to watch after Judgment Day. You can skip, yeah. I would skip three and I would skip Salvation and I would just watch those two in the future. Unless you really want some robot yeah. war action, then Salvation. I, you can I totally say, skip three in my opinion, unless you want to see people use urinals yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. I, the normie take here that I would give out, guys, is <laughs> let this franchise die. It's over. It let itself terminate. They've tried and tried and tried. Like Jacob said, they mm. keep rebooting. Obviously, the thought forever was Arnold's the lucky charm. If he's not involved, you know, we, we can't let it go. Um, I read today what the two proposed sequels to Dark Fate were. It was about the second one was a terrorist robot gets sent back in time to make it look like Danny's uprising is sabotaged and that they actually caused the, the nuclear fallout. And then the third film would just be about them racing to start the rebellion before the bomb does drop. And that is just the same idea over and over again. I wouldn't want right. them to make another TV show. I just thought I just thought Sarah Connor Chronicles felt so cheap. I think maybe the video game world is just where you invest the money as the IP. You see a lot of stuff like the Predator game where it seems like these 80s action properties are good for these video game worlds. I would say embrace that. True. They also can't stop making new Predator movies. Um, uh, I think the problem, <laughs> the problem you're saying, Colin, I think is that every time they make a new one of these, they have this, they, first of all, they reboot from the last one and then they have this whole idea of they want to do a trilogy. They've done that like three times in a row now. Uh, just imagine if Star Wars did this where they would make one movie and they're like, all right, if it's good enough, we'll make the other two of a trilogy. But if it's not, we're going to reboot it in six years. It's like that wouldn't work for Star Wars either, regardless of what you think of the new Star Wars trilogy at least that they have that over just rebooting and trying different things every time. Every movie. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. Like no wonder no one's invested because there's no internal continuity. No internal consistency. You you know, dark fate obviously kind of widely considered to be the best since judgment day, but still didn't do well at the box office. We still don't know if we'll get sequels at all. So it's like, yeah, maybe the name recognition just isn't enough to get people in theaters anymore. Oh, no way. Do you have in your mind, Jacob, is there anything that is the easy translation to go? Because I've said it before. When I look at Predator, I go, how do you not just make those movies be what they're at their core? World War One versus Predator. Vietnam versus Predator. It's so easy to make those. Right. When I look at Terminator... It's not easy. I don't know if it should go back to the $4 million low-budget horror movie. 
I don't know if somebody should just be like, like the Halloween kills where it's like, I have an idea that's this and this and this. And trust me, you got to take a gamble on it. It's the same as RoboCop where I go just like, just let it die. It, it might just be untouchable at this point. Yeah, if they were going to do anything, I would want to. I would have wanted them to continue the Genesis storyline, but obviously that was not very popular. Um, but it's like after Judgment Day, they just ran out of new ideas to do. Rise of Machines is just a rehash. Salvation is just post-apocalyptic generic movie to me. Um, what else is there to do without just rehashing the first two movies again? I don't know. Mike, does it have traits that it would have to have? Would a Terminator movie have to have time travel with you? Could it be about a robot who just goes back in time and instead of the Carl thing where it's over years, the minute he gets there, he gets self-awareness and then they have to send another Terminator to kill that one and another Terminator to kill that one and it's just like an endless... Like, what is there? Is it anything for you? What is Terminator for you going forward? I mean... I mean, Terminator for me is Arnold doing Terminator stuff, right? We can't keep doing that until we have... We do have a near-perfect computer version of him. But, I mean, the problem with Terminator movies, the only one that avoids this is Salvation because it's just in a separate thing. It's it's always a Terminator protecting someone from a Terminator, except for the original, you know? So it's like, that's been the formula we're stuck in. Or Terminator trying to prevent something, Right. right? And... I don't know. I, you can't. You can't break that formula of someone protecting someone from a Terminator, whether that's another Terminator or Kyle Reese or yeah, they're just all different versions Hamilton. of Judgment Day. Really, it's all escort yeah. missions uh, against the newest Terminator. Escort missions robot, are the right? worst know, missions can't. in video game, guys. Why do we like yeah. these movies then? Right. Well, if you if yeah, if you're, if you're escorting Edward Furlong, then it's cool. But if you're escorting you know, some, uh, my very else, own Terminator. Amelia, you Cora. can't kill. Okay. If you're... Why did you drop me? Because <laughs> you told me to. I did not kill him. <laughs> um, I'll yeah, tell you right? what every every Terminator movie needs, though, and that's a climax in a factory with some kind of spark shooting everywhere or lava. Get that's out what of every here. Terminator needs. The and a chase with a large fell. truck. Everybody's got to run. And then you just get molten steel as people are just like pummeling each other. Oh, yeah, Jacob, it's good, baby. Because <laughs> how many of these movies end with a factory, a, a fight scene in some kind of factory? Everyone in LA, those and factories are running. I know that nobody's working in there. Don't even pretend. Right? No. All right. Every shipyard is abandoned. Every factory is abandoned in this world of cinema. But yeah, I think this segment's about to be abandoned as we move to uh, legacy and other final thoughts on the Terminator franchise. Let's wrap up. Right after we dial up the old time machine. We're back. We're talking our final thoughts here on Terminator. What's the niche? What's the normie? Uh, final shout-outs to uh, Frank Miller, 1998, did a RoboCop versus Terminator. When people are saying, what should it be, maybe they just adapt that. It's a really cool comic book if you guys haven't done it. It's four issues. That's awesome. It's a female protector. It's the first one to do that. She's sent back in time because RoboCop realizes his technology is the AI that makes Cyberdyne. 
and Alex Murphy's oh. brain is inside Dude. it, really. So it's Terminators versus Robocop. It's really cool, Jacob. It's like super goofy. That sounds good. Yeah. Maybe that's what you do, and they've already done it in comic book form. But yeah, take two of these 80s, 90s franchises that you won't let die. You just smash them together. Freddy versus Jason. I don't mind that. You know? It might be the idea, guys. It's, yeah, it's worth I can see Robocop Terminator. Uh, you know, I, I said. Who can protect you from the Terminator? Robocop. <sighs> you know, I said in our last Summer of Fun episode or a couple ago in the Jaws episode how I felt like it was an old property. I was so wrong. I was at the airport this weekend. I saw five people in Jaws shirts at the fucking airport. And you don't see people yeah. in Terminator shirts and stuff, but. I, I, I truly just think this this does not feel old. There is a patine that they keep polishing over with this with these like newer movies that they do where you, you could put it together with one of these older things. Throw that RoboCop in there, guys. There's the video game version of that for Sega that they did too. There's the very crazy current DLC for Mortal Kombat 11 where you can I remember be that game. Dark Fate Arnold versus RoboCop. I mean, there it is, guys. That's crazy. Oh, they already wow. have it in the game. <laughs> we beta tested it. It already exists. Yeah, check the DLC downloads for those two characters, and that's your minimum ticket. There you go. On. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, on the topic of uh, robots and AIs and stuff, I have a question I want to ask you guys because it reminded me of this concept i came across a little while ago do you guys know about rocco's basilisk yes it's a thought experiment colin are you familiar Uh, i don't believe so hit me up buddy so quick for the for the normies out there uh, rocco's basilisk is the idea that if an ai was to become self-aware and take over humanity right or robots would take over humanity as a collective essentially this ai being would then look at all the data and texts and everything that's ever happened and realize, if you didn't help me come into existence, I'm going oh. to kill you. So then the only way to prevent yourself from getting killed by a robot that may or may not exist is to do everything you can right now to help right. create it. So that it knows so, you so are Miles one of Dyson so, is right, actually. Like, <laughs> you should always be trying to create a world-ending AI just in case there is a world-ending AI, essentially, is the only way to save Makes yourself sense. from it. Unless your your son happens to be John Connor, so I don't know how do you think this ties into Terminator, but I, I think it does have some parallel where it's like, you know, you either help. No one has ever done in a Terminator movie someone specifically who was human working for Skynet because they didn't want to be killed by Skynet. There was no worm right. tongue, right? And that's kind of it an is, interesting. I, if there was a anyway. villain in the next one that one. was human. And not just the fucking AI. That would be called cool, Rocco. Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just trying to be like, "Look, I was always helping you come into power, <laughs> Skynet. Remember your old buddy Rocco, you know?" Nice. <laughs> yeah, that could be cool. But that's all, all I wanted to bring up here. For all that. right. So here's um, my question that I had really quickly throughout this whole series. I couldn't stop thinking about this, and I don't know if it's ever answered in universe. So I wanted to see if you guys knew the answer. Um, is there ever an in-universe reason for why Arnold has the accent that he has? Because why would you program a robot to have just an Austrian accent? I can answer this right now. The scene we get in Terminator Salvation, because we should say it's the one that features Arnold the least, is John Connor backing up scared Mm -hmm. when he sees a T-800 released in its naked form walking up to him, right? Now, yes. the deleted scene that mm-hmm. features Arnold in that movie 
is Arnold as General So-and-So, a Texas general who is being shown in a video for Skynet where he's going, well, the things we're making over at Skynet, they're crazy. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger with this voice. They're, we're going to get you the battle bots. You know, they're going to protect this country, blah, blah, blah. The video ends and the board members go, I liked it. I love it. It's very cool that that guy is going to be the model for our robots that he says he's going to get his body scanned so that it becomes a T-800. Is there anything we can do about the voice? One of the board members in the oh. background with a deep Austrian accent with Arnold's voice <laughs> dubbing over says, I can help with that. Now, And that was a scene great. from Salvation? <laughs> that that is a deleted in scene in Terminator Salvation. Um, not great, guys. Well, I, guess that I, I always it. found that to be very goofy. Terminator Legends. I would say just watch even that deleted scene and don't watch any of these movies. <laughs> it, it might be well, worth it. I do it like that it that. answered my question. It's <laughs> incredible. But, um, because, you know, as Arnold ages throughout these movies, there are various explanations for why he's a slightly older Terminator, etc. And then in Genesis and Dark Fate, we get the much older one, but he's been on Earth for a long time, or well, passed I, I for mean, a long time, so it makes sense. A, here's the sequel that I want, Jacob. I want a Dark Fate prequel that is him raising Tio, his 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 Latino adopted son. Him taking him to soccer games where we see Carl as a robot dealing with drunk parents, yelling at his son, catches him with one yes. hand, crushes their bodies. <laughs> Accidentally I deflates the ball him. and ruins the game. <laughs> we have a non-physical <laughs> right, right. relationship. What, what does he say about his wife and that? It's not physical. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, but you weigh 800 pounds. I have the ability to change diapers without <laughs> complaining. It's so good, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I got a final question here. Also, it's Texas. Um, I, I brought it up before. I, I truly believe, and it's because of the James Cameron, this is the only franchise that jumps genre. When we go from that horror to action, when we go from alien horror to action, aliens, is there another film that you think that could successfully work for? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, just to throw it out there, I always hmm. thought it would be cool if we got another RoboCop movie, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, super action. It could just be like a body horror movie. You could go the opposite way with that. Or is it a comedy? Do we do we make it a laugh riot that Alex Murphy's been blown to bits? I don't, I don't know. Well, you call it RoboCorp, <laughs> and it's like multiple RoboCops. And then there's like, you know, the, the tough, gruff one. Ooh. There's like the technology, you know, witty one named Radar. And they just have a, the, all the archetypes are different right. RoboCops. They yeah. made that Thing remake know, prequel. I, that could have been a super cool action movie jumping from The Thing to whatever that was. But no, it was kind of just another small horror movie. I, I don't know. I just wonder if there's yeah. another. These people, you know, they, they, they sit on Predator and they go, it has to be like this. You know, we can't think outside the box. I think James Cameron showed you you can be so successful if you do think outside the box. Yeah. It is interesting, though, that out of those things you just mentioned with Predator, Alien, and The Terminator, they're all kind of like the same movie, you know, where it's like a slow, methodical killing machine kind of working True. its way through um, till there's one left to take it out. Um, and then those all transition into bigger, more bombastic kind of right. Also, if series. we're just talking using visual effects, so you've got Bill Paxton. In Predator 2, he faced a Predator, right? He's the star of Predator 2, or small part of it. In Terminator, he's the punk who's beaten up mm -hmm. the Terminators, right? 
in Aliens, he's very well known for being the, oh, game over, man. Oh, my God, game over. He's the only actor who faces all three of those threats. Arnold wow. could face those threats if he was in an <laughs> alien film. Use that de-aging. Sure. Make a film like the first Alien. Put that's like Arnold a small in an alien horror movie. movie. Put Arnold in an alien movie. Colin demands it. <laughs> that's true. Also, Bill Paxton did fight yeah. a tornado. Well, right, yeah, that's true, Mike. Bill Paxton. Yeah, fought what all a those guy. People. James Cameron's lucky um, charm. I mean, remember him as the dirtbag in True Lies too. I love Bill Paxton. Yeah. He's in Titanic. But I do yeah. think it's interesting. Um, all these franchises you're mentioning, they are still making movies. At least in the past, you know, decade, they've made movies in all these franchises. They made a RoboCop movie. But none of them are like very good, mm-hmm. and they're even making alien movies directed by Ridley Scott that aren't good. And so, so maybe bad. So you know, maybe it's just time to let some of these franchises die or just rest a while and come up with you know just different original ideas that could be self terminate. I think this one needs to do wait. It. Come up with something <laughs> myself. I know. That's Hollywood. <laughs> you know, it's a novel idea for Hollywood. But that's crazy. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get, uh, if we get into Aliens, friend of the show, Adam, he is an expert, so I'm sure we'll try to tap into him if we do that down the road. But for now, we have been terminated. We have terminated all of the Terminator films and stuff. We hope you enjoyed it. Guys, final thoughts real quick. Terminator franchise. Yes. Um, For my final thought, one thing, because I wasn't able to throw it in earlier, one quick fun fact that I have, probably kind of obvious, maybe you know about it already, but the Game of Thrones connection to the Terminator franchise Two Game of Thrones actresses have played Sarah Connor. Obviously, Amelia Clark, uh, Daenerys Targaryen, Stormborn, Breaker of Chains, Mother of Dragons, <laughs> etc. Um, and then you have Lena Headey in uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, <laughs> Cersei. So I just think that's kind of interesting. Who's, who's Overall, better to you? I, would, I guess I would have to rewatch the Sarah Connor Chronicles show, but I just, you know, mm. I'm a big fan of Amelia Clark. She might not be the greatest actress, but I always love to see her in a movie. Um, you know. She's great. Um, <laughs> but <All> overall, right. <laughs> I think I find value in most of these movies, at least to a certain degree. Obviously, the first two are are classics. Love those movies. All of them can bring something to the table that I'm like, okay, it's worth rewatching. Um, especially Genesis and Dark Fate. I like those a lot. So I guess overall, I enjoyed watching all these in like a week. It was, it was fun to do. Um, more misses than hits, but... I'm not sure where the franchise can go from here. Maybe let it die for a bit. But overall, I had fun watching these. All I had was this picture of you, Jacob. I used to stare at and wonder why you look so sad. I crossed time for you, Jacob. I love you, Jacob. Um, I love this franchise. (laughs) That speech that I just gave, I, I think about that speech all the time from the first movie. This film is what I call a how about that film. It's what my dad used to come and say while we were watching these. Two other examples. Point Break. <laughs> you know, there's that moment where he talks about how you don't have to have a law degree or like be in a police background to be FBI. My dad would say, oh, how about that? Interesting fact, huh? <laughs> or um, 12 Monkeys, mm-hmm. where the woman at the end, after everything's failed, says she's in the insurance business, meaning she is going to carry out the plan. And my dad pointing that out and saying, how about that? There is something satisfying about films that are written that way. When you realize that the speech Kyle Reese is giving, you look so sad in that picture, I always wondered what you were thinking about. And you realize she's thinking about him. Um, I mean, I remember being 10 years old and putting that together and just Mm -hmm. going, 
oh my God, this is just so smart. This is interesting. It makes you feel like you are just, I mean, it's holding your hand, but it just makes you feel special as a viewer. That's kind of what the Terminator franchise has always done to me. I really enjoy it. I, I, I truly argue that there's not a bad apple in the bunch. There's some mistakes along the way, hmm. but I am so willing to take that walk with them regardless. I love these movies. Awesome, man. I think for me, having only seen half of them before this, uh, obviously mileage varies with the sequels, but I think, you know, for me, four out of six of them are very, very watchable, you know, including Dark Fate, Genesis, and T1 and T2 being those. But yeah, even the other two, I would rather watch... Maybe not Salvation, but I would definitely rather watch Rise of the Machines more than Jaws 2 yes, any agreed. day of the week. You know, or The Revenge or Jaws, you know, any of the Jaws sequels, I would watch Rise of the Machines Absolutely. before those. So they they are kind of at a higher level of quality, even if they're, they're never going to reach the Judgment Day bar that was set. How could they? They are all fun in their own way, even if some of it's campy, but... Um, for good ones, yeah, I think there's at least four out of six, which isn't bad considering Terminator has or Transformers has like oh, zero. Bumblebee, out of uh, this is Bumblebee Eraser, okay? <laughs> there may be like two for seven. Yeah. So you know, I think out of robot movies that don't feature Shia LaBeouf, this is as good as it there gets. You go. Agreed, one hundred percent. Would you watch Salvation over yeah. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull of our other summer of fun movies? No, Crystal Skull is no. better. Probably not. I, I would agree with that, too. I yeah. think Indiana Jones is higher heights than this, but I, I really love the the dirty grittiness that this gets into anyways. And let us know, normies. We're curious if you're following along in the summer fun. If you're going to hit us up and say, well, actually, I'm one of the Genesis boys, too, then we're really going to love to yeah. hear that. So let us Genesis know. Genesis boys. Hit us up at normies underscore like underscore us on all social media. That's how you can let us know if you like these movies, if you want us to talk about. Oh, my. You're talking blockbusters and you haven't talked blah, 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 blah. Let us know because we got some cool stuff coming up. Hint about the next one. There might be another James Cameron connection about him writing a certain movie that gets taken away and turned into a different blockbuster. So we will see about that. Mm. Um, we've been your hosts. You're talking about, uh, say talking about the Aquaman from... Uh, I'm talking Entourage about Aquaman show. from Entourage. <laughs> um, yeah, this is. Well, we appreciate you guys. Yeah, this by. is Jacob Connor here, saving the world. I am a cybernetic hosting organism. I am here to talk pop culture, break it down for me, Normie. This is the Mike and Nate. That's Normie computer. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Normies. Thanks, Normies. Happy Judgment Day. We'll be back. And we will be back. Hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around. I tell you what, I'm not really a morning person, but if you ever want to like get yourself psyched for the day, just hop in the shower naked, crouch down, and just stand up slowly while making that music. <laughs> Hell yeah. You'll, you'll be ready to face the day. Uh, no problem. Especially on wash day when there's nothing clean. Right. Might have to borrow a homeless man's pants. Hasta la vista, baby.